Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. The Pirates' hot start was dampened by the injury to O'Neill Cruz. Where do the Pirates go from here? We'll discuss. In a season filled with letdowns, the Penguins' loss last night may have been the biggest of them all. Matt Vensel from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette will be here to break it down. How does the rest of the NHL playoff picture look? Can anybody knock off the Bruins? We'll make our predictions. I'm Bob Anderson. I'm Dave Glass. And I'm Dave Herzing. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go Under Review on Connect FM, your only local news radio. The three amigos are back together again. We got D back in the saddle here, and we have hey, a hey. we have a jam packed hour of sports talk planned for you. But guys, we have to start here. The needles are pointing in different directions for our beloved Pittsburgh teams, the Penguins and the Pirates. Last night was in a kind of the microcosm of that. We had the excitement at PNC Park, followed by the letdown at uh, PPG Paints, and so you know. Did you guys find yourself in the situation that I was in? I had to decide which game I was going to watch. I actually picked the Buckos. Well, I I, I DVR everything, so I kind of do it well, that I, way. Yeah. But um, I did watch the the Penguins game first because that one was the more crucial game. And honestly, even though they lost, I thought, okay, through like thirty minutes, I'm like, okay, it, it's going to come. They're they're pressing. They they were in, they had so much more zone time. And then in the third, they just kind of fell apart. And, and honestly, I thought Josh Yowie said it best in his article. You couldn't tell at the third period which was the veteran team and which was the one full of AHL players. I, the, the Penguins looked tight. They looked sloppy. Um, the, the, this is what drives me crazy. The Blackhawks had played the night before mm. at home, and the Penguins were rested. How can you come out in the third in a game you got to have and look like that? It That – that's not just talent. I mean, I I hate to say this because I really like Sullivan, but they just haven't looked as well coached this year, and I can't explain that. The one thing I noticed, that the huge disparity was the, the Pirates look like a young team that's having fun, and the Penguins look like an old team that kind of wants to go golf. <laughs> um, and that's going to happen unless the Islanders do something crazy against the Canadians tonight, which I think they're going to get that point, and they'll be in to eventually get thumped by the Bruins. But – yeah, uh, really exciting to be a Pirates fan right now. Um, I, I, I think this team's going places. Uh, I know we were talking before we got on the air about you know Dave being bullish. I think all of us are a little bullish on the on the Buckos. I don't think they're going to win the division. I just think there's just too much talent with the Cardinals. I mean, we'll see here. They play St. Louis tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun to watch the Pirates over the past few games. It's been really terrible to watch the Penguins. And, and the one word that comes to mind for me is resilience. You saw that Buckos game last night. They, you know, they Fantastic. had a lead and they gave it up in the ninth. But how do they respond to that? They come back. They win the game in the bottom of the ninth. The Penguins, they tie it up. What do they do two minutes afterwards? They give up two goals and the game's over. Yeah, and, and one was a terrible play by, by Jari on the third goal that really put them away. And I'm sure, you know, <laughs> D will have something to say about that. I did not like the second goal at all, not from the goalie's perspective, but Again, somebody open right, right, right in the slot, right in that prime scoring area, and it's like, what's going on here? But you know, too little, too late. I'm actually, I, you know, I've, 
I found myself rooting for them, even though I said I really didn't want them to make it because, you know, we're all fans and hope springs eternal. I honestly hope that the Islanders win tonight because I don't want them to make it. I, I, they don't deserve it after what happened last night. If they make it, I don't want that false hope. Hextall's got to go. But I want to come back to the Pirates for a second. Number one, everything you said is true, D. They're young. They're hungry. It's exciting to watch. Uh, the rule changes have been right in their wheelhouse. This is a fast team. You see even McCutcheon running more. Um, you know, the, the lack of, of shifts is helping a lot of their hitters. And unlike the, the Penguins, who have nothing in the cupboard, there are a ton of prospects coming. So while there are some holes on this roster, some big holes, you can see that those that's going to be filled and they're going to have the tools to make trades here next year or the year after to really be a contender. So, yeah, I don't think they're a 500 team, but, man, are they fun to watch. You know, speaking of fun to watch, O'Neill Cruz getting hurt, that's devastating for this team. Um, the guy, you know, he sets the tone. He gets on base. You know he's going to at least attempt to steal. Uh, he's coming back minimum four months. Um, when I watch that happen, he needs to learn how to slide, first of all. I mean, I, you know, I've seen younger kids that know how to slide better than that. It was just such an odd play. It was nice to see some fire from the Buccos, though, clear the bench. I thought that was nice to respond in a way because, you know, the, he was getting talked to when he was down on the ground. Uh, forget the catcher's name, was yelling at him, saying, what are you doing? Um, well, I don't know what he was doing, honestly, but it's he's going to be out for four months. Um, you're not going to replace a guy like that. But – utility guy like Bay, he played shortstop today. Castro, you know, is, is going to play shortstop. Um, Matthias comes up. I, I think they're going to be okay. I, I just think that really hurts them if they're, if they're going to do any sort of real damage, potential wild card spot. You just can't have a bat like that out of your lineup. No, it hurts. And, but really for me, I never thought they were going to contend this year. It's always been about the young player development. Keller, I think was really good the other yes, day. That's two in a row. Um, I like a lot of the the rotation pieces. Now, look, Hill had a nice day today, and, and I have to say that up front, but I still think he's a placeholder. Velasquez is just a placeholder. The, the real the real rotation's coming. I like a lot of those young relievers. You're right, though. It, it kills me to see Cruz get hurt. It was an awkward slide. I think part of the, I think part of that's he's so big. He's just he's yeah, just he's, a little ungainly. But and, and we'll come back to this and hashtag get lost. I thought that was total bush league by that catcher. You got a guy writhing yeah. in pain on the ground and you're screaming at him. It's like, yeah. dude, what are you doing? How about let the people help him and and kudos uh, to to the Bucks for for stepping up and not putting up with that. Yeah, if only the Penguins would show that same fire when their captain's getting mauled on, you know, in a game. But no doubt. Dee, I wanted to ask you, I know you were at the home opener. So was I. What were your impressions of the atmosphere and the game? It was it was a terrific day. Um, it was awesome to see the bottom of the order get three hits. A cool little stat. First time since 1921, the Buccos had their seven, eight, nine hitters each have three hits, which I thought was a really neat thing. I mean, when I'm watching that game, I'm like, wow, everybody's hitting the ball. It, it was a really electric atmosphere. I think, you know, the past couple years, baseball was completely dead in Pittsburgh. Everybody knew that there was no shot. There was nothing really to be excited about. It was palpable. It was sold out. You know, again and again, it was against the White Sox. It wasn't like against the Brewers or the Cardinals that you know average fans are familiar with. It was nice to see. Yeah, there was definitely a buzz down there. Yeah. In fact, when you got into the city, you had to sit in traffic for a while, and even the casino was charging parking for yeah. for for the home opener there because it was what thirty nine thousand sellout yep. crowd. A um, couple things that stood out to me: the McCutcheon standing ovation. I mean, that was touching. And uh, you could see that he was getting emotional too with that. How about his mom 
Man, is she talented. She's very talented. It brings back memories of the wild card game. She sang the national anthem, yeah. and she, she did an incredible job. A.J. Burnett throwing it to Russell Martin. I thought that was phenomenal. It was really cool, too. He was mingling with fans. I, I talked to several people that actually saw him up signing autographs and walking around taking pictures. That speaks volumes to, to the type of player that he was and how much Pittsburgh meant to him. So I think it was it was a really great day. And the Pirates right now, they're 7-5. and five. Who knows? Well, and, and I, I think it's great. Obviously, he wanted to come back. I mean, he, he could have signed on almost anywhere and been a, you know, a role player. So kudos to him. How about, though, guys, all those runs, all those hits, still done in less than three hours. How about that yeah. pace? Yeah. I mean, you were there. Now, did you think it was – I mean, on TV, it's one thing, but wasn't it a better pace in person? Definitely, yeah. I just picked the wrong time to go to the concession stand. <laughs> it was a fourth inning. I heard the crowd going nuts, and, uh, you know, Brian Reynolds hit one into the bullpen. Well, there is that. And I have to add, in terms of the pace, my wife gave up on baseball several years ago. She would never watch a game with me. And Friday, she had picked out that she wanted to have – date night just get dinner and we were going to watch a movie and and we were watching the pirate game i just happened to be watching it and she's like no keep that on and after the game i'm like really she's like yeah this pace is totally different i'm, I'm in again now she is the ultimate casual fan and if people like that are seeing the difference then they're on to something yeah it's funny we were talking again before we got on the air about how different leagues market to casual fans. The NHL could learn a real good lesson from that. The Stanley Cup playoffs are coming right up, right? You watch the playoffs. They, they put their whistles away sometimes for the wrong reasons. There's a, there's a lot of things that need to change for the NHL to, to rise in popularity. MLB realized that they weren't attracting viewers. The ratings were completely down. The feedback from all of the announcers, from the players, from now that they've gotten used to it, has been phenomenal. The fans. I was talking to fans just getting a beer or whatever I was doing. Everybody was thrilled with the pace of play. Yeah, the only people who aren't are the true crotchety diehards who like don't ever change anything about my game and you know what you can't market to those people because that's the past not the future that's it and they're probably keeping the scorebook by hand oh 100 percent. yeah um <clears throat> back to the penguins here real quick uh, that game i was thinking the real loser of that game was the blackhawks uh, their chances <laughs> their chances to get Connor bedard went from 25 percent to like 11 percent with just one win uh Talk about being short-sighted. They need to learn how to tank from the Penguins, That's who right. are the masters of it, with Mario Lemieux and Sidney Crosby. Well, we'll talk more about the tanking later, I'm, I'm sure, because we'll have thoughts on, on all that. But I do think that's another strike against the Penguins. That team, not the players. I'll never say the players ever try to lose or the coaches. But management's trying to lose. You know they're trying to lose. I mean, management would have been up there. If they'd have lost that game 6 nothing. the Chicago GM would have been like, eh, okay, that's fine. You know, so you're right. But everybody lost last night. They actually lost 11 of their previous 12 games going into that game last night. So... That just shows you how bad that loss was. was and I, I do think that you have to question a little bit about Mike Sullivan. I know he's a great coach. It's something that I want to ask Matt Vensel about, who we're going to have on here uh, soon. But there's a lot of blame to go around with this team. There is. But the one thing I'll say about Sullivan, his extension hasn't even kicked in yet. They're not going to fire him. I, I just I, – I, I'm a huge Sullivan guy. I think we all are. Yes. I do think it's fair to question him after some of this stuff. But it – it really doesn't matter because there's no chance ownership's going to cut him loose when he hasn't even had the contract start yet. Well, we will uh, be on the line here with Matt Vensel after the break. We'll continue our Penguins discussion here. Stay with us on Under Review Sports Talk on Connect FM.
Carlson Auto Repair is a locally family-owned and operated business that serves you, their customer, like you're one of the family. Carlson Auto Repair genuinely cares about the folks who come to see them for mechanical and auto body work. They don't do anything that isn't needed, and they do the repairs at an affordable rate. If you need auto repair inspections or collision work, get it done right and reasonably at Carlson Auto Repair where they know you and they know your vehicle. 100 East Park Avenue, Dubois. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everyone. Join me on the Thursday edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Amongst my great guests, Washington Post David Ignatius, put in perspective all the Pentagon leaks and the challenges of winning in Ukraine. Uh, Dave Rubin will be here, a deep look into the 2024 field from the Republican perspective, and Eldridge Colby. We talk about replenishing our military stocks. What is the holdup? We'll tell you. All coming your way on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade, weekday mornings at 9, 99.7 and 96.7. Connect FM. We're doing our annual spring cleaning, and my hubby has boxes and boxes of old baseball cards. Take them to Wolf's Den Sports Cards and Collectibles. My dad passed, and he was an avid baseball and football card collector. I have no clue what they're worth. Wolf's Den Sports Cards and Collectibles does. They buy, sell, and trade cards and collectibles and are especially interested in older cards. Bring them in Mondays and Fridays from 5 till 8 or by appointment. 814-771-5618. Main Street, Reynoldsville, and Wolf's Den Sports 21 on Facebook. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. We're going to keep our Penguins talk going. We're pleased to be joined on the line with um, by Matt or with Matt Vensel of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Matt, thanks for coming back on. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, we're good. A little better than the Penguins after last <laughs> night. Um, so it was a, a rough night last night. In some ways, it was stunning. In other ways, it was oddly predictable based on what's been going on this season. Uh, I was curious how you would describe the loss, and are you surprised they came up short in such an important game? I'll put it this way. I shouldn't have been surprised, uh, but I was. I mean, we've seen so many instances of this team this year you know, having various letdowns, whether it's losing to inferior foes like the Blackhawks or, you know, allowing a goal right after they scored or goals late in the period or all the third-period collapses, which are the most in the Mike Sullivan era. I mean, there was a mountain of evidence suggested that this was certainly within the range outcomes for the Penguins, but still, um, you know, maybe it was just clinging too much to uh, the past here with the key figures still in the Penguins, but... You know, I thought they would find a way to, to get it done once they got that break from the Capitals on Monday night. And, you know, here we are now uh, in Columbus waiting to see uh, if tomorrow's game will mean anything for the Penguins. Yeah, you know, it wasn't the first time they've lost a weaker opponents this year. We've talked a little bit about that in the past. They also blew nine games this season when they were leading after two periods. 
So with losses like these, how much of it do you blame on the head coach and how much of it lies on the shoulders of the players? Yeah, I mean, I put more of it on the players, but certainly uh, Mike Sullivan deserves his fair share of blame as well. I mean, there's there's many reasons why it's so maddening and hard to understand what happened this year. But, you know, if you look at the 20 guys who were in uniform last night, I think it's something like 14 of them are 28 or older. Nine of them have won the Stanley Cup. Uh, I think at least eight of them have won multiple Stanley Cups. So for them to have these kind of mental miscues and just for them to persist throughout the course of the season – um, look, I mean, the players and the coaches, I mean, you ask them about it and they say, we don't really have an explanation for it either. So the fact that there is no explanation, I do think a fair amount of that falls on Mike Sullivan. I mean, I think there's other criticisms of him as well in terms of, you know, the, the, the scheme he still is, is trying to rely on and things like that. Um, but you look at a game like last night, and I know there was a, there's been a lot of criticism of Ron Hextall as well, and I think that's warranted. But you look at the two rosters um, and you look at the coach – um, you know, the Penguins had more than enough to win that game last night. And the fact that they let it slip away is just kind of uh, sums up this season well. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of the fact that, I mean, do you think it could just be the aging process in some part? I mean, some nights they don't look like the, the effort's there, but I think it's not effort just maybe as much as they just don't have as much to give. Uh, did you, I mean, obviously I, I, they, they looked like they were really skating hard at least the first two-thirds of that game. Do you think that it is age really catching up with this roster? Uh, I think a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the seasons that, that their top guys had relative to their age. I mean, Sidney Crosby had an excellent season for someone who's 35. Malcolm had a resurgent year. Tough year for Chris Letang, but there's some good moments in there. But they just don't have that, that extra gear that you see from guys like McDavid, um, Dry Seidel, McKinnon, even a guy like Jack Hughes at this point where they can take over a game. And, you know, I do think last night, I mean, the Penguins are a better team, you could argue, for 59 out of the 60 minutes. I mean, and they just couldn't score. And maybe a few years ago, if these guys are a little bit younger, you know, Sidney Crosby would have popped one of those over Morazic's pads or something like that. But the, the thing that has to be of concern for the Penguins is they still got really good seasons from those guys considering their age. And I don't know if you can count on that going forward. I mean, it kind of was a perfect storm in that sense where – you know, their big three all stayed healthy other than Latang, who missed some time, um, you know, and, and they weren't able to do anything with it. But, you know, they're only going to get older. They're going to slow down a little bit more. Um, and they got to adapt. You know, they, they, they can't play the same way. Look at a guy like Malkin and Latang, especially. Um, you know, th- this was an opportunity there for this Penn season, just considering how well those guys played and that they were able to stay relatively healthy for once. You make a great point because I don't believe Malkin's played 80 games in over a decade. You couldn't count on that. But now going forward, the other thing that this stuck, that really uh, sticks out to me is, you know, Boston has some older players too, but they've been able to infuse that youth and continue to do that. And when you look at the farm system, you know, th- this is disappointing, but it could really go into the abyss quickly because there's just nothing coming from the farm. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, I mean, one thing about Hextall, I mean, part of the appeal when he got hired by the previous ownership group was that he was trying to thread this needle of, of, of keeping the Penguins contenders while also building for the future. And um, it was a very difficult thing to do, and obviously he has not been able to pull that off. Um, that said, the farm system is a little bit better. I mean, if you read or talk to the prospect analysts, I mean, you know, they don't have that blue chip elite prospect coming, but they do have a deeper pull. I know that the the scouts, you know, feel pretty good about Owen Picker and the young defenseman or 
um, Blomquist, the goalie. But as you know, I mean, those guys are, are not knocking on the door. They're, you know, one, two, maybe three years away. So, you know, we'll see if, if kind of the, you know, Hexall's hung on to some of his picks. We'll see if that pays dividends down the road. But, you know, in the short term, you know, the Penguins don't really have any difference makers on the horizon in the farm system. I and mean, maybe that changes this year. Maybe, you know, maybe they get the 12th pick or 14th pick or even hop up in the lottery and are able to get somebody who surprises right away. But, um, you know, I don't think there's help on the horizon. And, and, you know, look at a team like Tampa. I mean, you know, so many young guys come along Colorado. It's not just that they have young players. They've had young players who are true difference makers, and I just don't see anyone like that knocking on the door for the Penguins. Matt, I was wondering, um, if you were Hextall, what would your first order of business be, you know, to next season? I would check and make sure my key card still works. Cause I don't know <laughs> if he's going to be the GM. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens here if they do miss the playoffs. I mean, if they miss the playoffs, I would be surprised if he comes back. But if he is back, I, I think you got to, one, figure out the goaltending situation. I, I don't know how you can commit to Tristan Jari as your number one going forward. And then you have to try to try again with the sporting cast. I mean, it, it didn't work, the moves they've made. I mean, the bottom six, you know, he's gotten two swings at it. I mean, he, he was able to move on from guys like McGann and Kapanen, and, and he brings in Granlin and they're a little bit better, but not that much better. And then obviously what he did in the blue line last summer, you know, trying to get, you know, a little bigger, um, you know, a little stouter on the blue line with Petrie and Ruda, that did not pay off. You know, the blue line is worse this year without Marino and Matheson. So, you know, those, those you know, I, I just identified every single position group. So that, that tells you how much work there is. But um, we'll see if Hexall is going to get an opportunity here to, uh, to kind of fix some of his mistakes and see if he can give Crosby and company the right supporting cast. Also, another question. Do you think Sullivan will adapt? He doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's willing to change up his signature style of play, at least what used to be a signature style of play. Do you think it's something he'd consider? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that, that's been a knock on him for a while. Um, you know, in previous seasons, he's been able to point to regular season success and the fact that goaltending let the team down is maybe a reason why he didn't have to change his ways. But I think this season should make it pretty obvious to him uh, and whoever his future employers are. I do think Solomon would back, but I, I, I do think it, it makes it clear that they've, they've got to change the way they play. Um, you know, they have a lot of the same guys who, who at least at the, the higher levels of the depth chart, guys who won the cups you know five six years ago but you know these guys aren't 24 or 25 or even you know 29 anymore so i do think they need to change the way they play um they just cannot play the speed game uh and win at a, a high level consistently anymore you see it you know you saw it last week when they played new jersey for example so i do think Sullivan, if he sticks around and i do expect him to stick around he's got to show some flexibility in terms of of the way the penguins play um but Willie, I don't know. I mean, that, that's on him. We haven't really seen him. Uh, you know, he certainly didn't do it this year. He kind of stuck to his guns with the way they play. And, um, you know, I, I think if they largely bring the same roster back, um, he's got he's to make some changes. It's just it'd be insanity if they, they, they tried to win the same way again. We're talking to Matt Vensel of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, Matt, it's been 16 years of consecutive playoff appearances for the penguins it's been a heck of a run for them but do you see this as an end of an era coming i'm not ready to go there yet um it's going to take some work i mean because as i was saying earlier um the top three players probably aren't going to have the same health and level of production so that's going to make the degree of difficulty even harder but um you know there's a non-zero chance that whether it's hextall or somebody else is able to 
fix some of these mistakes and, and, and almost kind of catch lightning in a bottle like Jim Rutherford did in his first, you know, 18 months on the job where he made, you know, a hot run at the poker table, so to speak, where he won hand after hand after hand with those moves. I mean, it, it's not going to be easy. Um, if I had to bet on it, it wouldn't happen. But I, I don't I don't really deal in absolutes. I, I'm not ready to say there's, there's no chance that these guys can't, you know, make one more deep run. But I will say it's going to be pretty difficult for whoever's calling the shots. We're going to make our uh, predictions for the rest of the league here in, in our next segment. So I wanted to get your opinion here so I can look smart in the next segment. Uh, to us, of course, the Bruins are the clear favorites. I think that's pretty obvious. But which team in the East do you think is the be- biggest challenge to them? Which one could match up the, the best with the Bruins? I think the toughest test for the Bruins will be in the second round, whether they draw Toronto or Tampa Bay. I mean, obviously with Toronto, there's the whole recent history of Toronto not being able to break through, especially against the Bruins. But, you know, I, I think you could argue that the, the top three teams in the Eastern Conference are on that Atlantic side of the bracket. You know, on the other side, I mean, Carolina, they, they haven't been, you know, they didn't replace uh, Sveshnikov, who got hurt. That's a big loss. I mean, New Jersey's playing great, but you worry about their youth and goaltending. And, you know, the Rangers, I, I think, will be in there in the mix again, especially if they get good goaltending from Shesterkin. But I, I think the toughest test for the Bruins will, will be Tampa or Toronto, whichever one they face in round two. Who do you like out west? That's, I have no clue. I, I've, <laughs> I've talked to some, some other reporters about that. I mean, it, it's completely wide open. I mean, Edmonton's on fire right now. What have they won, like eight games in a row? Um, I, I'll say this about Edmonton. I mean, I don't think the pass to the finals is going to get any easier for McDavid and Dreisaitl. I mean, this, this seems like their year, and obviously they have questions about their depth and their defense and their goaltending. But, you know, those two guys in particular are unbelievable. So, I mean, this is a great year for them. Um, Colorado, I would have felt better about them had they been able to, to find a, a – a second-line center. They weren't really able to replace Kadri and Landeskog. Uh, we don't know if he's going to come back. Um, but beyond that, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think some team is going to have a surprise run, whether it's Seattle or Dallas or Minnesota. Someone's going to make a run to the conference finals. And um, But if I had to pick, it, it would either be Edmonton or Colorado. I think those teams, you know, the, the, the path for them, and, and they're getting hot at the right time too. So one of those two teams would be my pick out west. And we'll leave you with this, Matt. Do you see any way the Islanders lose tonight in regulation? I mean, it can happen. I mean, we, we saw them lose to Washington. We saw the Penguins, you know, blow it last night. Um, it, it's certainly possible. I mean, the thing is, like, sure, these teams, like these front offices, these organizations, like, they're, they're trying to lose. <laughs> you know, you see, the, you see the, the rosters they're throwing out there on the ice. I mean, Connor Bedard is that good. And even if they don't get Connor Bedard, I mean, there's still a few other guys um, at the top of this draft who are, are, are real difference makers, or at least they're supposed to be difference makers. But the players care, and in many cases the coaches care too. I mean, young guys have something to prove. You know, veteran guys are playing for new contracts. So these teams aren't going to completely roll over. Um, I, I guess some might, but it, it, it's not a given. So, you know, I still think the Islanders are, are going to win. You know, I don't think they're going to squander their second opportunity. They're a veteran club. They have great goaltending. Um, but anything's possible, and the way this season has gone out east with these teams kind of jo- jockeying for the wild card spots, I mean, it, it shouldn't be out of question that we could see the Penguins, you know, the ball get back in their court here uh, Thursday in Columbus. Well, one thing for sure, the the news isn't going to stop even if the Penguins don't make the playoffs. So we'll be uh, looking for you, Matt, to come on again. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. Have a good one, guys. You too. Thank you. Thanks. 
here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Lows around 51 tonight under clear skies, winds out of the west 8 to 15 miles per hour. Bright sunshine tomorrow, daytime highs approaching 82. Mainly clear skies tomorrow night, lows around 51. High of 82 Friday under partly cloudy skies. 77 Saturday, chance for scattered storms. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 77. Spring has sprung once again at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's. And our spectacular specials for you this month are better than ever. Explore all the ways to save some green with the confidence that comes from knowing nearly every vehicle we sell or lease is backed by the Spitzer Shield. Featuring a new vehicle nationwide lifetime powertrain warranty. That's unlimited time, unlimited miles, one year free maintenance, and more. Or explore our certified pre-owned inventory and get the Spitzer certified nationwide powertrain warranty. Featuring bumper-to-bumper -bumper coverage and more. Don't miss your chance. These spring savings are only for a limited time and will end soon. Spare yourself from spending too much on future services and spring for our spectacular spring specials backed by our exclusive buying benefits with the Spitzer Shield at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's. Shop online anytime. At Spitzer, our world revolves around it's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everyone. Join me on the Thursday edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show amongst my great guests, Washington Post David Ignatius. Put in perspective all the Pentagon leaks and the challenges of winning in Ukraine. Uh, Dave Rubin will be here. A deep look into the 2024 field from the Republican perspective and Eldridge Colby. When we talk about replenishing our military stocks, what is the holdup? We'll tell you. All coming your way on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade. Weekday mornings at 9, 99.7 and 96.7. Connect FM. Welcome to the Connect FM local youth sports feed for this week. It's sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. I'm Dan Kennard, and with the nice weather we've had recently, there has been a lot of District 9 spring sports, especially in baseball and softball. We're going to give you a quick review of the scoreboard from the past week. Let's go back to last Wednesday. And in baseball action on Wednesday, April 5th, Dubois got a 3-2 win over Bradford. The Beavers' Billy Gray scored on a wild pitch in the seventh inning of that one to complete a come-from-behind win for the Beavers. Also, Dubois Central Catholic shut out Brockway. It was the first win of the season for DCC. Aiden Snowberger had two doubles and four RBI for the Cardinals in that one. St. Mary's a 9-1 winner over Brookville, while Johnsonburg beat Elk County Catholic 8-6 last Wednesday. In softball games last week, Dubois shut out Bradford 15-0 in four innings. Emma Delp had a no-hitter in that one with 11 strikeouts. Dubois Central Catholic won big over Brockway 14-4. St. Mary's shut out Brookville 18-0, while Elk County Catholic uh, beat Countersport 16-6 in six innings. On Thursday, April the 6th, on the baseball fields, Bald Eagle area, a 12-5 winner over Clearfield. Harmony got past Kerwinsville 7-4. Punxsutawney defeated Marion Center 15-1 in five innings. 
Punksy's Josh Tiger went three for three with three RBI, and Jake Sakura two for two in that game with a home run and four runs batted in. And it was a Brockway with a, an eight to four win over Elk County Catholic. Softball games from uh, last Thursday. It was Punxsutawney blanking Clarion 11-0. Carly Young pitched five innings of shutout ball, hit a three-run home run for the Lady Chucks as well. Kerwinsville had a 9-2 win over Penn's Manor. St. Mary's slipped past Dubois coming from behind from a 6-3 deficit in the sixth inning. Dubois Central Catholic Doubled up Wellsville, New York, 6-3. And with that win, the Lady Cardinals improved to a 6-0 mark. Now we move past the uh, Easter break and uh, into action on Monday. This past Monday in baseball, Dubois doubled up Johnsonburg, 6-3. And with that win, the Beavers are at a 3-3 record for the season. Punxsutawney scored 11 runs and took care of Red Bank Valley 11-1 in six innings. Zeke Bennett for the Chucks, 3-3 in that game with two RBI. Clearfield shut out Huntington 3-0, and St. Mary's shut out Clarion Limestone 1-0. On the softball side of things, Punxsutawney, in a big way, beat Red Bank Valley 19-0 in just three innings. Punxsutawney scoring 11 in the first inning. And there was a boys' tennis match on Monday. Tyrone got past Punxsutawney 6-1. Let's check out some uh, baseball action from yesterday. Dubois Central Catholic over Kane 6-1. Clearfield beat St. Mary's 12-7. Carn City a 12-9 winner over Brookville. West Branch used just six innings to take care of Kerwinsville, 17-3, while Johnsonburg shut out Elk County Catholic, 12-0. Softball games on Tuesday. Brockway slipped past Bradford, 4-3. Clearfield got a 13-7 win over Huntington. West Branch outhit Kerwinsville, 9-3. It was the Lady Beavers of Dubois falling to Cambria Heights, 7-4. Dubois Central Catholic Lady Cardinals, another shutout, 15-0 over Kane and Elk County Catholic, 10 better than Johnsonburg, 12-2. On the schedule for today in District 9 high school baseball and softball action, Dubois is playing at Brookville in baseball and in softball games, Brookville is at Dubois. Punxsutawney is on the road at Phillipsburg Osceola and St. Mary's is hosting Clearfield. That's this week's Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat, sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. I'm Dan Kennard. Have a great day. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. It's prediction time, guys. We're going to widen the lens here and look at the whole NHL playoffs and look at the league as a whole. Uh, the matchups aren't set yet. They will be by probably Friday, but uh, we have a pretty good idea of the playoff picture. But before we do that, I had to throw this in for D because he's a big NBA fan. We saw the NBA's started their play-in tournament. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's 7 through 10. Okay, so the first six seeds are all guaranteed to get into the playoffs. Seven plays eight, 
winner of that advances. Nine and 10 play. Whoever wins that advances to play the loser of the seven versus eight game. What do you guys think of the play-in tournament maybe for the NHL? Do you want me to start? Okay, I'll start. <laughs> I think that especially for the NBA, it's just a, a, a greedy money grab that serves no real purpose in the competition because if you look at statistically in the NBA, the lower seeds don't win. Those seven and eight seeds, the last time I think they won a tournament or a, a series was over a decade ago. There's different – sports are different. Like in baseball, you know, it's not – the best team doesn't always win. You know, a good team is a 600 team, a bad team is 400. In the NBA, it's just not like that. The, the, the cream rises to the top. You only need two or three good players on a roster to really have a, a strong team. And you look at what, and I sent this to you guys, and I told you I was going to talk about it. The Mavericks had a playoff, a chance to get into that, and they intentionally tanked it because they would have lost their draft pick, which was lottery protected, if they had made the tournament. And so Mark Cuban looked at it and said, we have no chance of winning a round. We have very little chance of even winning a playoff game, a play-in game if we get there. We won't be the home team, probably. Why would I risk all that and lose this lottery-protected draft pick? So all the incentives are wrong for the bottom, that middle pack. It makes for bad basketball. I actually, I love it. I honestly love it just for the simple fact, at least for this year, especially because I'm a Lakers fan. I, I'm, I'm an NBA fan as well. I love the Caps too. But the Lakers, um, they started out the season 2-10. and 10. They had a 0.3% chance to make the playoffs, right? They're going to beat the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are banged up. Dylan Brooks said he cracked the code for LeBron James. LeBron James is 9-2 and two against Dylan Brooks. He averages 26 points a game against Dylan Brooks head-to-head. He didn't crack any code. He's just running his mouth. Um, I, what I like about the play-in tournament is it keeps fans interested. The NBA, along with a lot of these other leagues, the seasons are entirely too long for all of them. If your team is out of it, you know, as, as a Pirates fan, we've not the Penguins. They've been doing it for 16 years now, close to 17. But... Uh, there's no interest. The Pirates are out of it before the All-Star break. The Lakers, they made a lot of trades. Now they're back into it. If you're a Lakers fan or if you're an NBA fan in general, it's it's good for the league. I always say this. It's good for all of the leagues to have the, the Blackhawks, the Bruins, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Yankees, the Dodgers. You need these marquee teams in the playoffs. And without the play-in, the Lakers wouldn't be there. You know, and they were—they actually had a hard-fought game last night against Minnesota. They and they almost screwed it up. Anthony Davis had a foul with like 1.4 left, which was crazy. Uh, but yeah, they're—it's good for the league. Do I think it's something that maybe the NHL sh- should adopt? I don't know. The NHL of all the sports, the seating really doesn't matter. I don't. I definitely don't think the NHL needs to expand their playoffs anymore. I think it's perfect with four rounds. You know, it's. It, I still think it's the hardest championship to win in sports. I couldn't agree more with you there. It is the hardest, without question. It, the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win in all you, sports. You add another round, and you just. It's just. I just get tired of every sport. We're just devaluing and devaluing and devaluing the regular season to where it's almost meaningless. I mean, honestly, my answer to the Lakers is just play better. I mean, you had 82 games. If you can't get to the eighth seed or the seventh seed, I mean, I'm sorry. Look at the Penguins. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I wish they had a playing game. They're not good enough. I mean, okay, great. If, they, if there was a playing game, do you really think they'd win that and then go and beat the Bruins? I don't. I mean, it's it's kind of false hope in a way. And I don't mean that derogatorily against UD. I mean, they still have LeBron James. They're dangerous. But I kind of look at 
the Lakers a little bit as the Western version of the Penguins. They're they're older, you know. They're 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 taking trying to take one last run at this. Yeah. And who knows? The only the only difference with the Lakers though is they've been red hot. They've been the best team since the trade deadline. They were eighteen and nine. Um, they're the second best, close to the first best team defensively. They're a dangerous out. I mean, there are some. Talking heads that have predicted the Lakers to win the West because the West is as wide open as anything. Now, there's no way the Lakers are going. We can talk about this in the under review segment, which I, no one's going to beat anyone in the East uh, from the West. The East is, and it's just like it's just like the NHL. It's so crazy. The East is far better than the West. Speaking of that, the East looks like it's far better than the West in the NHL too. So let's start in the Eastern Conference. The Bruins are the cream of the crop. Do you guys see anybody beating them um, and and forcing them out? I, no. I, I learned my lesson in 19. I thought that Tampa was unbeatable, and then they got swept. In the first round, they got swept. And that struck me as just one of the most improbable, maybe not quite miracle on ice, but it was close. I mean, to lose in seven games, okay, maybe. But to get swept, I, I was shocked. Do I think that Boston's going to lose in the first round? No, I don't. I don't think Florida, the Islanders, or Pittsburgh, whoever they end up with, is anywhere near – good enough and they've got the goaltending they, they're built like a playoff team I mean you look at them they got the, the goaltending they've got the defense they've got the top line that's really really tough but um, so no I, I, I think they're a massive favorite in the first round but I do think about that second round uh, you know and, and I think he was right I, I, I the team I think they can knock them off is Toronto if Toronto can get by Tampa and I think this is their best chance because Tampa is really looking vulnerable then the pressure's off. Toronto's had this huge weight on their backs. And if they can get to the second round, they're going to skate very freely. Um, for, uh, for me, I honestly think if the if the Bruins play even remotely close to what I've – I've watched them maybe a dozen times this year. They play with an edge. They're nasty. They're physical. They And, again, I, we've said this numerous times in the show various ways. They come at you in waves. They are a team where you don't know where the production's coming from. That's dangerous in the regular season, but it's even more dangerous in the playoffs. How many times have all of us watched? It's ugly goal season, man. That's what this is. You know, you're, these aren't pretty goals. You get the shots on the net. You're going to get bounces. You're going to get deflections. And the the Bruins have had a ton of puck luck this year. They've had a lot of things go their way. I just don't see anyone beating them. I, I was saying to you guys earlier, Vegas has right now. It's a 43 percent chance for them to win the cup, and I I agree. And I'm not the stat boy here, but I, I did look up in the standings. They're at a plus 127 goal differential on the season. Ooh. The next best team is plus 63. So they basically doubled that. Uh, and um, they're coming in hot. They've won seven games in a row. I think they're going to be the team to beat, obviously, in the East. Uh, I would like to – I'm really looking forward to that Rangers, potentially that Rangers-Devils series. Though. That is going to be a lot of fun to watch two good skating teams. I would point out that it's still possible the Devils catch the Canes. They're only a point yes. back with yeah. both only have one game to go. Wouldn't that be something if the Carolina blows that? Because they, they looked like they were going to be way ahead. They're, they're kind of like, you know, limping into the playoffs. Carolina can be had. For sure. How about out west, guys? Uh, Dave, you were talking about how tight the standings is before the show. Yeah. So who, who's the team to beat up? Well, the, the number one seed right now would be Vegas with 109 points. The number seven would be... Seattle with 100. Now, Winnipeg's a little bit further down. They're in now. but So they're the clear eight. You can throw a blanket over the rest of them, but I, when, in a situation like that, I tend to look at the hot team coming in. You know, To your point about the Lakers, I think that's a very valid point. I, look, I think back to Pittsburgh in 16. They Red came hot. in on an unbelievable heater, and Edmonton is on that heater. And 
that's number one, they're hot. Number two, they have the best player in the game by a mile and 300 point scores. And three, you can't beat them down and grind them down because their power play is the best in the history of the NHL. So you cannot say, oh, I'll take five or six penalties and well, you'll probably give up two goals because that's just how good they've been. Do they have questions in goal? Yes. Is their defense a little shaky at times? Yes. Does this team remind me a lot of the 96 Penguins? Yes, and I know that team lost, but they were massive favorites to make the Cup Finals. So that's that's my team. I'm actually rooting for Edmonton for the simple fact that it would be nice to have some eyeballs on Connor McDavid. We had mentioned about the Blackhawks being televised nationally, and it's because of the ratings in Chicago. They still, I mean, it's one of the strongest you know, uh, networks or uh, fan bases still in hockey to this day, which is crazy considering how bad they've been for a while. But it'd be nice for, for regular fans to actually get to see Connor McDavid. There's so much fun. Yeah, he's, he's just a – he's going to be that – He's going to be wrecking shop for 10 years. So are they your team? Yeah, I actually am rooting for him. Yeah, really. I mean, think about it. Like you said, they have 300-point scorers. The guy can do anything he wants. And if if you play nasty with him, he's a big guy. He'll get nasty right back. And if you get him on that power play, like you said, Dave, hey, that's to your peril. Yeah, and, and he is the closest thing to Lemieux since Lemieux, I think. So we got Boston. We got Edmonton. I'm just going to go off the beaten path just to be different here. I picked Dallas to go to the finals. I, good pick. I like their goalie. I like Jason Robertson. He's an underrated star. They can roll four lines. Uh, so, you know, they're a team that seems to me that's built for the playoffs. And they've done it before. All right, so we will be back with our Upon Further Review. Stay with us here on Connect FM Sports Talk on Connect FM. I'm Dan Kennard with Connect FM Local News. Here's what's happening. A 39-year-old Clearfield County man was killed in a motorcycle crash Sunday night. Police say William Roland Jr. of Westover lost control of his motorcycle along Front Street in Cherry Tree, traveled off the roadway, and hit a utility pole. The Indiana County coroner said Roland died of blunt force trauma to the chest. A Dubois man will serve up to eight years in state prison for hitting and kicking a woman family member. According to Clearfield County court documents, 43-year-old Matthew Basinger was sentenced on charges of aggravated assault and reckless endangerment. Police say Basinger was extremely intoxicated when he attacked the victim at her home in June 2022. The victim reportedly suffered a concussion and subdural hematoma because of Basinger's attack. I'm Dan Kennard, Connect FM Local News. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. And we're going to be upon further review here. We can just pull out anything. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management. Oops, sorry about that. Anything that uh, catches our eye. And so, Dee, we'll start with you. I'm sure it's NBA. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, it's This is my favorite time of year for sports in general because the NBA playoffs, baseball starting up, the NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs, it's just a, and obviously all the stuff that's going on in the, in the NFL, it's now it's year round, but it's just really great. But the NBA playoffs for me are, I just absolutely love them. I'm, I'm taking my son to a baseball tournament this weekend. If I wasn't, I would actually be going out to Cleveland. I think that's the best first round series in the East, the, the, the Cavs versus the Knicks. I think that's going to be a battle that could go six or seven games. Um, but to your point, I, 
I don't see a lot of really big upsets except for the Lakers, not because I'm a Lakers homer, self-admittedly. I just don't think top to bottom there's any team you know, that's a seven or an eight seed or even a six seed that's going to match up versus the one, two, or three seeds. And again, the, the champ's coming out of the East. It's either Milwaukee or Boston. Interesting. Very interesting. And I've got to admit something. I couldn't tell you one player on the Knicks roster. I just couldn't. Well, it, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Uh, Brunson is, is a, a star in the making. Real gritty kid, came from Villanova. Uh, just He's really fun to watch. But Cleveland, though, right now, Cleveland's a young team. They have four legitimate stars, and Mobley's getting better day by day, week by week. I think the next couple of years are going to be huge, similar to what Joel Embiid was like when he was developing. But they have a legitimate star in Donovan Mitchell. He's a game changer, and Darius Garland is a phenomenal guard. So they're a really fun team to watch. Like if you're anybody listening out there, if you want to watch a really fun NBA series that will remind you a lot more of what you think basketball used to be, it's going to be Knicks versus Cavs. Cool. All right, Dave. Oh, I'm up next. All right. Well, uh, I want to talk a little bit about golf because that the Masters, uh, you know, and I I do have to take a little bit of a victory lap because I said I I like John Rahm. You did. And then I was watching live and he four putted and double bogeyed the first hole. And I texted you guys. I'm like, well, that looks great. Did you hear the story that he that he told about texting with uh, Zach Ertz? No. Okay. So just real quick, he was texting with Zach Ertz before the game or before the first round. Zach Ertz just said something like, oh, that first green's going to be a walk in the park. (laughs) (laughs) So much for that. (laughs) Well, and then, of course, all the things they endured with the weather. I mean, it was crazy. There was a big advantage to being, you know, in the early group on on the second day before the craziness came through with the wind and everything. But John Rahm, when you watch him, that, you know, er he does everything you're not supposed to do with his swing. He doesn't take it the whole way back. It's super quick at the top. And yet he just, he's like, a when he's on, he's a metronome, fairways and greens and fairways and greens. And it was just so interesting to watch him just grind that course down. He, there were so many great rounds out there, you know, Phil Mickelson had the 65 and there were eagles and there was all kinds of stuff. And he just went out there and went par, 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 birdie, par, par, par. And as, and I think he's figured it out. Jack Nichols has said this, when you're that confident in your game, you can just play that steady game and everybody will come back to you because the pressure, if you can handle the pressure, everybody else can't. Tiger did that for years. Jack did that for years. And every once in a while, somebody will get you, but more times than not, that works. But the big thing I wanted to say is I still, even though I don't like the change they made to 13, I still think 13 is the best hole in golf at Augusta because it's still, I liked it before it had more risk reward. Before you you could you know you could really take a good run at it if you snapped it around the corner. Now, it, it, it's just so long that they're hitting a lot longer club in there, and, and there weren't as many good eagle chances. I didn't think, um, but even at that, he made a real nice shot around the corner on on Sunday to kind of prove me wrong. Can you think of a better risk reward hole than thirteen and and major courses like the big courses? Not off the top of my head, I can't, but I will say, what is it, 15? 15 is a great later. one, too. Yeah, I mean, you got a heck of a challenge there, too. I just don't see many people laying up on 13. It seems like it's just too easy for the pros. I don't see a lot of risk. They're 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 making it look easy. Well, I saw a lot of them, especially during the week, I saw a lot of them laying up just because they weren't able to turn it around the, the, the corner. Now, I saw less of it and later in the week, and I, it might be because the weather improved. You know, that could have played a role. So it'll be interesting to see next year. The only thing I was really concerned about was Brooks Kepka losing. 
<laughs> and I'm glad he did. Uh, the guy always has an excuse for everything. He was talking about slow play. Um, Patrick, I, I'm getting his name. Cantley. Cantley. And he was slow. Yeah. Uh, but he, but he, came, he came out with a stat, though, which was great, where he said it, the pace of play was no slower than the past 20, was it 20 some uh, Masters events, the timing of, of all of it. So maybe it was a perceived slow play, mm. but he said that the pace of play, when you looked at the rounds, he went, they went back and looked. So he kind of shots fired, you know, so to speak, back at Brooks Kepka. I think the NA, uh, the, uh, the NHL, I think um, golf would be really well suited to have PGA versus oh, Liv. Yeah. I think that would be a phenomenal event. And, and it would be like the Ryder Cup. Only, you know, some of these guys are no longer friends. I think it'd be like Hatfields and McCoys. I would love to see that as a casual golf fan. I wouldn't because I don't want to give Liv Golf the that much airtime. It's like I would just assume they just well, went Jim away. Nance had that sweet little dig <laughs> as well, talking about the CW. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I was happy to see a PGA player win for sure. And I used to love Phil Mickelson, but now I couldn't root for him, you know? It's it's tough. It's tough. And and the last thing I'll say about the pace of play, I did think, you know, that's two fast players behind a slow player, and that's always going to make it look worse than it is. But you know what? They both had the same conditions. Rom was unfazed by it. Kepka, as you said, uses an excuse. His swing got out of whack from the very first shot he took on Sunday. That was his big problem, not Patrick Cantlay. Maybe they need a shot clock and and uh, oh, golf. Don't go there. <laughs> uh, we just have a couple minutes left here, guys, and I, I wanted to turn our attention to the NFL. The Ravens announced on Sunday that they assigned ODB, Odell Beckham, to a, to a one-year deal. It's guaranteed $15 million. He can make up to $18 million. And he's coming off his second torn ACL. He's 30 years old. Of course, we know what he had done in the league. But, um, of course, he had a great postseason run with the Rams, too. But I'm just not sure what the Ravens are doing. And now with the situation with Lamar Jackson, is this simply to placate Lamar and try to get him under contract? Maybe, but I guess my question is, you know, you've had a receiver problem forever down there. Why are you worried about this now? Now you've got a quarterback who is probably going to leave in some way, shape, or form. It's like this is not should not be your priority. And I think Beckham, you know, with that many injuries, I know he's had still had some flashes, but how can you really count on him still being an elite performer? Yeah, I mean, a guy like that, he's so injury prone. Um, and I know he's done everything right to get back on the field. You listen to him in interviews. He he says he's fully healthy. He says he's as fast as ever. No one ever comes back from two injuries like that at the same player. He's an, he's an old guy right now as compared to some of these younger receivers. Is he going to have a nice season? Yeah, he'll be fine. Is he going to be a top 10 receiver or a top 50? No, there's no way in the world. I, I, I really don't know what, from an organization that usually does a lot of things right, this was a really strange move on, on their part. Yeah, and, you know, I was, you know, looking at the other free agent contracts throughout the, you know, the NFL free agency period. It didn't seem like anybody really had a bad contract out there. Well, the Ravens kind of took the took that to the bank, I think. The only thing I'll say about that is it's – and, and I'll credit Joe Sheehan for this. He says this all the time. It's hard to have a bad one-year contract. If they'd have given him five years, it would be look a lot worse. If he really is terrible, they haven't really put themselves in any cap trouble. All right, well, it's almost time to get lost. Stay with us here on Under Review on Connect FM. Carlson Auto Repair is a locally family-owned and operated business that serves you, their customer. 
like you're one of the family. Carlson Auto Repair genuinely cares about the folks who come to see them for mechanical and auto body work. They don't do anything that isn't needed, and they do the repairs at an affordable rate. If you need auto repair inspections or collision work, get it done right and reasonably at Carlson Auto Repair, where they know you and they know your vehicle. 100 East Park Avenue, Dubois. We're doing our annual spring cleaning, and my hubby has boxes and boxes of old baseball cards. Take them to Wolf's Den Sports Cards and Collectibles. My dad passed, and he was an avid baseball and football card collector. I have no clue what they're worth. Wolf's Den Sports Cards and Collectibles does. They buy, sell, and trade cards and collectibles and are especially interested in older cards. Bring them in Mondays and Fridays from 5 till 8 or by appointment. 814-771-5618. Main Street, Reynoldsville and Wolf's Den Sports 21 on Facebook. Keeping your eye on the ball is the key to playing sports well. Let Wise Eyes coach you into sturdy shatter and contact-resistant eyewear. Whether your child plays sports, you love extreme sports, or you work in hazardous construction zones, you need sharp vision while protecting your eyes. Dr. Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care and takes the time to explain your eye test results. Proud to support local sports programs, Wise Eyes has served our community for over 20 years. Commons Drive to Boys and at MyWiseEyes.com. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. All right, hey, Bob, our, our favorite segment here, hashtag get lost. Uh, it's something we always look forward to to finish up our show. Uh, we listener, missed you last week for this. <laughs> I, I love this segment. Uh, one, one listener who I text with a lot, Dan Dennison, hashtag get lost, slow playing golf. He's an excellent golfer. He's forgotten more about golf than I'll ever know. And he said it's just absolutely brutal to watch that type of slow play. Again, I'm a slow player because I stink. So I, I can't empath- empathize with slow play because I'm usually the one holding other people up on the course. And my hashtag get lost is hashtag get lost. O'Neill Cruz's sliding ability. Come on. Well, I, I have to say that my grandfather once told me when he was teaching me golf, if you can't play good, at least play fast. <laughs> and and so I think, you know, and I know I've played with Bob. I think we both kind of believe in that. It's like, keep moving. You know, if you're having a bad day, even more reason to keep moving. Uh, I'm going to, I've got two hashtag get lost. Uh, number one, we were talking about dinosaurs in the NHL. Uh, the, the, Trees are blooming. That means it's time to start booing Gary Bettman. It is long past time for that guy to get lost and get some new blood and leadership in the NHL. And the other thing I'm going to go back to it is hashtag get lost, um, screaming at players who were on the ground. That, that I don't remember the name of that catcher for the White Sox, but I just thought that was the most Bush League thing I've ever seen. Uh, speaking of Dan Dennison, if he's listening, I, I think he could reach number 13 and two, by the way. He can hit the ball. Um, and I, w- I actually had to get lost about slow golf. I said, get lost more than two practice swings after, you know, getting ready to, to hit two's enough, rip it and rip it and, uh, get lost iPads on the bench during NHL games. I mean, they come back. It's like, they just want to watch their, their, their play all the time. Chris Letang's going to come after you. He loves that <laughs> iPad, man. Put it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you guys think it is the end of an era for the Penguins? Yeah, I thought it was before the season, so I've seen nothing to change my mind. Yeah, hey, I'm going to end the show on a positive note. Some really cool stats about the Penguins. 
Crosby was 19 years and they won, they went to their first playoff. He was 19 years old. He won the scoring title, 120 points. Malkin won the Calder Trophy for as the best rookie. They've had four trips to the Stanley Cup final in those years. They've won three cups. They had a 639 win percentage with 725 wins. The average MLB salary at that time in 2007 was 2.82 million. Now it's 4.9 million. And the number one song in the country back in <laughs> April in 2007 was "Don't Matter" from Akon, and the other one was "Glamorous" from Fergie. So we're, it, the Penguins have given us 16 incredible years. The Penguins fans are the most spoiled in sports. 32 years of excellence. We have nothing to complain about. Hey guys, I'm spoiled too to be here with you guys. We'll see you next week on Under Review. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Go, go Pens.